2: It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were suddenly given to the average American, the rich would have most of their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAlees, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So start or supercharge your wealth-building plan now with Jim McAleese.
0: That be. Good morning and welcome to Get Rich Slow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans. Plans to help guide your families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Slow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, Please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where security and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and CIVIC, and Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning. It's summertime, and the living is easy. The rainy season seems to have ended, I hope. We can get back to northeast Ohio's typical summer weather with temperatures in the 80s and lots of sunshine and breezes and those traveling thunderstorms. The rains have slowed down, and the weather looks great for the coming weeks. Nothing like the monsoon season of the past month but enough thunderstorms to meet the lawns green and the gardens growing. This is the perfect time for picnics and outdoor activities, maybe even a trip to the parks or the islands. Now that my hammock is up, it's a perfect time to relax in the shade of the big oaks in my backyard. No matter how hot it gets, there's always a shade and always a nice breeze back there. And in between jobs, it's great to relax and just have a, has, but you have to have an alternate plan in case one of those roving thunderstorms comes your way. This is the time to basically sometimes put aside those outside tasks, put the, the to do list away and relax. And sometimes during our quiet time, we can review what is happening in the national and the international economic scene and see how that's affecting our investment. This week, global equities were mixed with the equity uh, indices in the United States and Europe and the U.K. up, while indices in Asia were mixed. For investors, the COVID pandemic has once again demanded our attention. The sudden dominance of the highly contagious Delta variant rattled markets this week. Uh, And, you know, basically last week and this week, started this week, the number of COVID cases is increasing with all 50 states seeing an increase in cases over the past month. The reason for the surge is likely the rapid spread of the the Delta variant of the COVID, which, according to the Center for Disease Control, rose from 10% of U.S. cases to 58%. It's probably almost 100% by now in two weeks. However, it should be recognized that the current vaccines, such as Pfizer and their partner, uh, BioNTech, and also the other uh, vaccines are Moderna and also Johnson & Johnson, they do appear to be very effective in preventing severe illness, even from the Delta variant. According to the Financial Times, Uh, Reports from the UK suggest that while the Delta variant is causing more breakthrough cases, uh, fully vaccinated people have a roughly 90% lower, 96% lower probability of being hospitalized from the Delta variant compared to the unvaccinated people. You know, when I when they talk about breakthrough cases, what what they're referring to is people who have had are fully vaccinated with the two shots, uh, can come down with the uh, variant, with the Delta variant. And, you know, when they talk about the effectivity of the of the uh, COVID vaccines, they're always in the 90, 95%, which means that there could be a possibility of uh, something getting through. But apparently, uh, if you've been fully vaccinated, uh, at least that gives you, uh, <clears throat> the uh, security that you won't end up with a serious COVID case. Uh, these statistics—they can—they're confirmed by observations by the CDC, the, the uh, Center for Disease Control, and other private organizations. That close to 99% of recent fatalities and hospitalizations for COVID-19 are. Uh, among unvaccinated people. Uh, The good news is that we're basically not as vulnerable. Uh, The population isn't as vulnerable as as we were six months ago. Most of the people in the United States over 65 have already uh, been fully vaccinated. 80% of the population uh, over age 65 has been uh, fully vaccinated. That's a pretty high number. And that's important because before the vaccines arrived, eighty five percent of the COVID fatalities were in that over age sixty five group. So they wised up immediately and got vaccinated as soon as possible, me one of them. So while the pandemic and uh, while the pandemic will demand our attention, the US population uh, will continue to return to normal, even with the Delta variant. I don't think you're going to see schools close. I don't think you're going to see, I uh, you see masks required, but I don't think it's going to get too bad. Uh, this week, as fears of the Delta variant, we uh, U.S. stocks ended Friday at a new high, reversing uh, steep losses uh, at the end of last week, uh, the week before last, and the start of this week. Uh, the reversal was basically caused by strong corporate earnings and continuing uh, central uh, uh, bank support. Uh, This week, according to the Wall Street Journal, U.S. stocks rallied Friday, pushing Dow Jones Industrial Average across the 35,000 closing milestone for the first time in a striking rebound from major indices pullback earlier this week. Uh, all three major U.S. stock indices finished Friday at all-time highs after each posted weekly gains of more than 1%. And basically, at the start of the week, all three indices had a dramatic falls. On Monday, the Dow slid roughly 725 points or more than 2% as people became anxious over the Delta variant. And... Uh, Investors' concerns over the U.S. economy potentially slowing down because of this uh, this new variant. But by Tuesday, uh, stocks sharply reversed course and kicking off a four-day streak of gains. Investors uh, turning their attention to basically a string of strong earnings. Uh, On Friday's close, the Dow Jones Dow Jones average stood at Thirty-five thousand sixty-one point five five, which meant it was up one point one percent for the week. The uh, standard and four five hundred stood at four thousand four hundred eleven point seven nine, that was up two percent for the week. And the Nasdaq stood at fourteen thousand eight hundred thirty six point nine nine, which meant it was up two point eight percent for the week. And behind the rally. It was another uh, basically stellar earnings at, at American companies. There were roughly uh, 210 companies in the standard Poor's that have posted results through Friday, the second quarter, 85% topped analysts' profit forecast, according to the fact-check company. Uh, money managers also say that the governments in the United States and Europe are unlikely to implement lockdowns that restrict growth, even if the rising cases take the shine of the economic recovery. In addition, the economic data released on Friday from IHS Market Corporation showed that business activity in the U.S. private sector continued to expand in July, though the rate of growth eased. Uh, The purchasing managers index for the service uh, sector showed the rate of expansion softened, which firms attributed to to different things like labor and uh, labor shortages, supply shortages. Uh, Service providers also uh, indicated an uptick in the cost burdens in July, according to the data. Still, the data showed that the U.S. Uh, manufacturing purchasing managers index climbed to a record high behind the growth. According to the data was a quicker rise in new orders as new and existing uh, customers ramped up their spending production also rose at a slightly uh, quicker pace. So manufacturing is doing great and uh, the service industry is, is, not tagging along, is um, moving ahead at a slightly slower pace. So, so far, the U.S. and U.S. and China have experienced the most growth, but the European Union and the U.K. are also due for their turn you know, soon, according to the uh, international uh, according to the IHS Market Corporation's uh, uh, Purchasing Managers Index. Quote, parts of the global economy are expected to surge over the coming months and start to catch up with the U.S. and China, although the Delta variant of COVID-19 looms as a potential headwind. The U.S., which saw red-hot growth in the second quarter, is meanwhile expected to see growth ease somewhat due to continued supply constraints, shortage of available workers, and the spread of the of the the variant. Uh, Separate surveys of European businesses uh, by the uh, market corporation recorded the strongest increase in activity for more than two decades, suggesting that the continent is set for the kind of growth already being experienced by the U.S. In addition, uh, Mm -hmm. economists estimated that the U.S. growth peaked in the three months through June, and that the world growth is expected to hit its high point in the current quarter, the third quarter. Uh, JP Morgan uh, expects that for the third quarter, economic growth in the United States will ease from the breakneck pace that was largely recorded in the uh, second quarter, while it expects China to slow. However, it projects the Eurozone economy to grow at an even faster pace than the U.S. will have done in the second quarter. And India is also set to to rebound strongly from its second quarter contraction. So it looks like in the third quarter, we're about to see world economic growth to have its strongest uh, three-month period this year. But uh, this past week, the focus has been on the, the housing industry with results for existing home sales and prices and new home construction. And we'll talk about that uh, later in the show today. If you uh... <coughs> Excuse me. if you want to give us a call. Our toll-free number is one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. 281 1110 So we talk about the big picture, but we'd be glad to talk to you about uh, you know, the micro picture, which is what we're all interested in, myself, yourself. We look at what we're doing in life, and we look at our budget, and we look at uh, the decisions we have to make with regard to the... Uh, Uh, family standard of living and the future for the children and our future for retirement. And uh, all day long, we're making decisions with regard to where we put our money. An important part in financial planning is to sit down there and look at that particular picture and see if we can come up with a system uh, by which you allocate so much to this and so much to that. You allocate your money for the important things first, and then what is left over, you can uh, fritter away in other things, but you know that the important things are covered. So it's just a matter of getting organized and uh, uh, getting it systematized so that you have some security in that you know uh, uh, how much house to buy. Uh, what you can afford in the way of uh, children's education, uh, how much money you should have for retirement, how you should uh, fund that retirement money, and how should you utilize and distribute that retirement money after you retire. So you can give us a call. The toll-free number is one 888 1110 Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jeff faculty And you know, as I said before, the things we talk about are hey, what's happening in uh, the economy, what's happening in uh, the stock market, uh, what's happening to our investments. And what we're seeing is that uh, hey, the, uh, uh, the markets go up and down depending upon uh, assessments of the uh, growth potential. And there's a, there's a multitude of, of uh, factors out there that uh, determine what's happening in the economy. Uh, this uh, COVID uh, variant, uh, what is it called, the Delta? And I'm sure there'll be ones beyond that. Sooner or later, from the year from now, we'll get to the, to the Zeta uh, variant. Uh, so. Me uh, the decisions that are made. If you, you take a look at what's going on in the, in any company, uh, what you're seeing is that uh, um, people are are uh, really uh, not tearing their hair out, but they've got problems with regard to their supply chain, with regard to their labor, uh, how to get the people, out to how to how to you know, the, the I mentioned last week that I think that uh, the Department of Labor indicated that uh, at the end of May there were 9.2 million uh, open positions and jobs that were ready for people. Now, now that's probably more than the number of unemployed, but you know, there's always a mismatch in terms of skills and, and uh, availability and things of this nature. So. Uh, there's a thousand different things, about a thousand different parameters that are at play in basically what's going on in the economy. And the nice part about the whole thing is that the big picture uh, of the economy is that uh, we have the vaccines. And uh, thank God for the vaccines, but thank God that they're effective. Mm-hmm. And also that uh, uh, the government uh, kicks loose. Um, uh, something like four trillion dollars in 2020, and and two trillion dollars in uh, the start of this year. So we we've you've got basically six trillion dollars worth of uh, federal stimulus, and the uh, Federal Reserve stepped up and said, "Okay, we'll lend money to anybody who who wants to borrow money." That that happened in March of last year, but hey. Uh, when the Federal Reserve stepped up and did that, all the banks that were hesitant and and uh, concerned of concern to the Federal Reserve all jumped up and said, "Hey, we'll do that." So for all the bravado about uh, the Federal Reserve taking and providing loans to people, it really basically never happened that way. It it, it was a matter of of uh, uh, making the gesture, and uh, that cured the. Uh, concerns of the investors. So, hey, that was a matter of uh, uh, we'll deal with the banks and the uh, Wall Street and everything else to get the money. So there's lots of money out there. Uh, there's uh, unemployment money, too, for, for people and uh, lots of job opportunities. So uh, now's the time to uh, start searching. Uh, in the case of uh, unemployment um, uh, insurance, The state of Ohio reduced that uh, $300-per-month federal uh, contribution to the unemployment benefits, but you still have the uh, state unemployment benefits, which on average is about $325 a week. So uh, even those states that have kept the $300 from the federal government benefits – that's going to disappear September 6th. So the important thing is that uh, now is the opportunity to start looking around, whether you're in the thirty thousand, the sixty thousand, the hundred thousand dollar a year class, and uh, there's opportunities out there. It, the system is, um, the economy has really uh, uh, <clears throat> come on much stronger much much broader than anybody visualized uh, six months ago. So basically a lot of your companies and, and smaller businesses have been caught flat-footed. Uh, they're scrambling now to uh, 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 find the people, find the people with the skills and, and the uh, uh, the willingness to uh, do the job. Also with regard to uh, their supply chains and you know, the supply chains, or if we're talking about Boeing, uh, which has, I, I think, about four thousand, maybe like forty thousand suppliers, uh, or the the uh, the uh, home contractor that's trying to get enough uh, of, uh, building supplies out of the lumberyard or, or out of the. Uh, uh, the electrical uh, contractor supply or the plumbing supply house to build a house. So in any case, uh, it boils down to, uh, I, I tell my clients that it, uh, there's a cartoon that I saw years ago. And I saw, You see it everywhere. It's a cartoon and the caption on the cartoon is, you want it when? And it shows this. Bunch of Munchkins rolling around on the floor, and laughing. They're uh, laughing as hard as they can, and that's basically what's happening in uh, the supply chain. Uh, you, we, you know, you put in an order, even something as simple as uh, home construction, and uh, you put it in the order, and uh, we can deliver so much, but we can't deliver the full order. So you get part of the order, and you get the uh, the rest of the order. Uh, um, you know, uh, back, uh, back ordered. So uh, you can't start the job until you, you've got enough electrical hardware or plumbing hardware or the uh, wood hardware to, to uh, get something accomplished. So uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a time-consuming and difficult task. But, hey, I look at it this way. We pay people for those. Uh, they get paid well for for getting the uh, making the profits that the corporations do, and uh, uh, we just have to realize that there's a lot of opportunities out there for people not only who are starting their careers but also people who are in the middle of their careers. And what you're what you're seeing is a lot of churning in terms of people uh, finding a job and uh, then learning uh, that there's another job available and quitting that job and heading off to the next job. So uh, one of the things we're seeing is that uh, the, uh, the strength of this uh, economy is really coming forward, and the earnings are coming forward, too. Uh, the second the second quarter earnings, you know, we're only 100%. <clears throat> We're already through about 100 of the uh, 500 companies in the standard and four or five hundred so far. And uh, everyone is basically looking very, very good. And this second quarter, it looks like it was, uh, you know, it might even have been better than the first quarter. I don't know, but it'll be a close a close match. So this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh, You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. Stay tuned for a a word from our sponsor.
2: Hi, this is Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you that have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, Jim can't answer the questions in depth because of time restraints or the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, buying your next home, planning for retirement... Finding that right mutual fund or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today at 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow.
0: Welcome back to Get Risk Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim Bagley. You can give us a call over our toll free number: it's one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about existing home sales. Uh, you know, part of the things that I was talking about already uh, in the show were uh, manufacturing and the service industries. And one of the uh, brightest spots spots in this whole recovery has been uh, the housing industry, be it existing home sales or uh, be it uh, new home construction. So what we're seeing here is that uh, existing home sales in June were up 1.4% from the month before, and that was after being down... uh, for the uh, four consecutive months prior to that. So according to the National Association of Realtors, total existing home sales for June, that uh, that includes single-family, townhouses, condos, co-ops, that grew 1.4% from uh, May to a seasonably adjusted rate of uh, uh, 5.86 million, figure, uh, close to 6 million homes a year. Uh, Sales climbed year over year, and uh, they were up uh, 22.9% from a year ago. So uh, there's Lawrence Yun, who is the chief economist for the uh, National Association of Realtors. He said, uh, quote, supply has uh, modestly improved in recent months due to more housing starts and existing homeowners listing their homes, all of which has resulted in an uptick in their sales. He continues that home sales continue to run at the pace of those rates seen before the pandemic. And uh, uh, that, that's unquote, and, uh, and that, that's perfectly reasonable. People... Uh, uh, had their ch- children at home learning and, and distance learning at home they had uh, uh, they were at home because uh, their companies were basically shipped them home and closed the doors uh, that kept the company running and uh, uh, then they were concerned about the uh, uh, the uh, virus so uh, there was a tremendous uh, explosion in terms of uh, Buying houses. So, uh, but, and that led to uh, quickly increasing home prices because the supply of houses uh, wasn't that great. And there are signs that the supply of homes is increasing. Uh, and then the unsold, for instance, if you take a look at the uh, inventory of unsold houses, uh, it tips at a 2.6 month supply at the current sales phase and that's modestly up from uh, May's 2.5-month uh, supply, and uh, but that's down from the 3.9 months in June a year ago. So typically in the real estate industry, uh, it's good to have five or six months of uh, inventory to look through when you're looking for a house. But now, now you're down to 2.6 months, uh, but houses, and that's led to that decreased supply, has led to a sharply increased home prices, meaning the existing home price for all housing prices in June was $363,300, up a whopping 23.4% from June of 2020. Uh, at two, June of 2020, the median price was uh, 294400 and now it's $363,300. Uh, if you take a look around the, around the United States, the, the National Association of Realtors breaks the United States into four components, one's the Northeast, and then we're in the Midwest, and then there's the South, and then there's the West. And what we're seeing is that uh, there's a lot of activity in all the uh, all the different parts of the United States. So uh, Lawrence Young then commented uh, that, quote, at a broad level, home prices are in no danger of a decline due to tight inventory conditions, but he does expect prices to appreciate at a slower pace by the end of the year. He continues on, uh, ideally, the cost of a home should rise roughly in line with the income growth, which is likely to happen in 2022 as more listings and new construction become available. Uh, that's kind of a quote-unquote, that's kind of a, a reach out <laughs> I think he's being a little too optimistic there in terms of uh, um, basically income growth and uh, uh, like I said, new con- new construction is going as fast as it can, uh, but uh, there's a tremendous demand for houses. And uh, even with the increased prices, the houses are moving. Uh, properties typically remain in the market for 17 days in uh, June, unchanged from May and down from 24 days in uh, June of 2000, or, yeah, yeah. 2020. Uh, 84% of the homes that were sold in June were on the market for less than a month. I'm sure if you talk to your neighbors and friends, you'll find instances of uh, one of my clients. They put their house up for uh, sale for just a little less than $400,000. And uh, they had an open house scheduled for the weekend where they had uh, something like 40 people 40 couples coming through the house to take a look at it. And they basically sold it for $465,000. And it you was know, all over. So there's a lot of demand there right now. And the high demand and high prices are pushing some people out of the market. And according to Young, quote, huge wealth gains from both housing equity and the stock market have nudged up all cash. Uh, transactions that are all cash. But first-time buyers who need mortgage financing are being, uh, he puts it, uniquely challenged with record high home prices and low inventory. I'm That gives a new meaning to uniquely challenged. They're basically forced out of the market. Uh, It's 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 the same grace in the whole thing that the interest rates are still low According to Fannie, uh, Freddie Mac, the average commitment rate for a 30 uh, year conventional fixed rate mortgage is 2.98% in June, and that was slightly up from the 2.96% uh, in May. So, <laughs> what you're seeing here is that uh, the uh, home sale is still basically. Uh, on fire in terms of uh, people, uh, in terms of the demand and the supply. If we talk about, uh, you know, the original data talk about um, uh, the multifamilies, too. But if you just focus on the single-family, uh, single-family homes uh, increased in June, up, uh, sales increased 1.4% from May, and uh, they were up 19.3% from a year ago, and the median uh, single-family home price stood at uh, $370,600, so uh, it's a wild market out there, (laughs) that's all you can say. This is Jim McAlee, you're listening to Get Rich Slow, oh, we we have a caller, hold on just a second, Uh, hello, how are you? get
1: uh, to hello <laughs> hello i put the phone down what were you saying
0: oh i just say, i was just saying hello how are you so
1: you're on the radio now, so what was your question? Oh, turn the radio off. I Oh okay, so the radio's off. I'm gonna hear him through my phone then? I never yes. called before. Now okay. Jim. Um, yes. I would app- I would appreciate if you can tell me, what if the government defaults on their obligations? They can't keep the printing presses going forever. So how does an older senior who's trying to protect uh, uh, my nest egg handle if the government defaults on their obligations?
0: Well, <laughs> that's, an, that's an excellent question. Uh, Let's, let's examine that question for uh, just a minute. Uh, right now, uh, there's no danger of that at the present time. You know, whether, when I'm looking at the economy right now, the economy is in good shape. The, the price of the bonds that the government sells, these are called U.S. treasuries, uh, the yields on those uh, bonds are... Uh, like for a 10-year, it would typically be 3%. Right now, they're down about to 1.3%, which means that a lot of, there's a lot of people buying those bonds. There's a lot of people financing the debt that the United States government puts out there. One of the first things you'll see, maybe in the, in the long-term future, if we ever get to that, get to the point where Uh, We're really in danger of of, uh, not being able to pay our debt. If that's the case, what you'll see is the uh, price of those bonds, the interest rates on those bonds will go up significantly. If you remember what, uh, remember two years ago in Europe where the uh, Greek uh, government uh, was trying to sell bonds.
1: No, I, I didn't keep up with that.
0: Okay. So basically, about. Refresh my uh, memory about, of that. Yes. Yeah, about three years ago, maybe maybe around there. I don't know the exact time. But they, ha- they had a, uh, a crisis, a credit crisis in Europe. And it basically boiled down to uh, certain groups, countries in Europe, suddenly uh, their interest rates for their treasury bonds went right up through the ceiling. In other words, basically uh, like a 10-year bond for, from Greece might have been uh, uh, 2%, uh, and uh, suddenly it went up to 6%. So they're, they're, if people feel that there's a real problem in the government paying off their debt, what you're going to see is that uh, the people who buy bonds are going to demand a much higher interest. And there's no sign of that happening right now. You know, uh, we've got 20... Why is it... Oh, go ahead.
1: Okay, why Why is it that all my senior friends keep saying, and I don't know what they really mean, we're going to lose it all. We're going to lose it all, one way or the other. And they're all fearful of... of of, of this superinflation. some of them think we're headed for a depression but they're all fearful that, 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 were, that they think that they're going to lose
0: it all. What
1: do they mean well, by that?
0: I, I really don't know what they mean by that but uh, you mentioned inflation Let, let's just some people might think that the uh, inflation is going to uh, ruin their uh, portfolios, What I'm seeing right now is that uh, we're seeing inflation, and we can talk about that later in the show. But the inflation really, uh, uh, right now stands at I think uh, four point. Let's see, where does it stand? Um. Consumer Price Index increased 5.4% over the last 12 months. That has scared people. And if you take out food and fuel, it's increased 4.5% over the last 12 months. They may be afraid of that. But the Federal Reserve knows how to control inflation. If you remember, you remember the late 70s when inflation got up to close to
1: 20%? When I was a lot younger then. I don't remember. Um...
0: Okay. So during the late 70s, inflation got uh, started around 72, 73, 1972, 1973, and by the time we got to uh, about the 1980, inflation was about uh, 18%, 19%. The uh, Federal Reserve cured inflation at that time. Paul Volcker was the chairman. What he did was raise the interest rates up to, uh, I think, 22%. Uh, that basically said that if you wanted to borrow money, even if you had the best interest, best uh, credit rating in the world, uh, it would cost you 20 22% to borrow money, maybe more. That shut the economy down and caused a recession in uh, uh, 1981 or 82. So the Federal Reserve does know how to control inflation, and it is, it's not going to get anywhere near that point because what you're seeing right now is a temporary inflation, that is caused by.
1: Well, how does one know for sure? Who who says it's temporary? Uh, who who? Says it's temporary.
0: Well, the, the secretary of the treasury, and also the uh, chairman of the Federal Reserve. Uh, I'll give you an idea of what the consumer price index looks like. If you take a look and say, okay, uh, what were the big cost increases over the last uh, uh, over the last year? Okay? The big price increases were uh, gasoline. Gasoline went up 45%. What else went up? Uh, Everything else. Seat, well, to some extent, it's gone up, but used cars and trucks. You want to guess how much used cars and trucks have gone up in the last 12 months? 45%. Uh, in other words, you, if you got a used car, a late-model used car, uh, you'll suddenly notice that if you went to a dealer and went to their used car lot, they're probably selling it at used car for more than you paid for the new car. So what's happened in there in that particular case is that uh, the, the chip—the the chip makers haven't been able to keep up with the demand for the new cars. So, the auto dealers have their lots full, not they don't have their lots full, the manufacturers have their place full of cars that they can't sell because they don't have the the chips that help run the computers that help the cars. So, uh, and suddenly all the emphasis now is on used cars, and used cars are up. 45.2% for the last year? Well, it
1: sounds like, from what you're saying, um, it sounds like we could have shortages on an awful lot of things because China has such an influence in this country, and most things come from China. So does China have any control over inflation?
0: Uh, If anything, uh, if I take a look at the... uh, Price indices. The consumer price index right now <clears throat> for all goods is 5.4% over the last 12 months. If I take a look at the cost of the imports coming, and I'm not just China, but everywhere, cost of imports everywhere, it's something in the order of 6% over the last 12 months. If I take a look at the producer price index, uh, that's a number that uh, is. For machinery and things of this nature, not for consumer products or for things that industry uses, and that's up at uh, six point something percent. So mm-hmm. there is inflation in the system, but that inflation is due to the tremendous demand that's been brought about by uh, the consumer suddenly getting free. This vaccine says now uh, if you go to a restaurant or, or go anywhere. You see people, not, they're not just themselves, and they don't have masks on. So, the people are free. Consumers are free, again. They're feeling confident. They're feeling wealthy because their investments are up. Their home prices are up 15% in the Cleveland area, and they're, uh, they've been, if you've been working, you've been stashing your uh, stimulus checks, uh, $1,200 and uh, $600 and all that, even stashing that into your bank account. So, do we have
1: to pay tax on that uh, stimulus tax, uh, the stimulus checks? When we no. Do our taxes?
0: No, no, no taxes. No.
1: Well, but nobody can guarantee that we could not, that this country could default on their obligations. I mean, it's not a, a – it, It's. A, but take the hypothetical. If it would happen, if it would, what would we do if, if it did happen? Uh, what would seniors do when they have their investment in, uh, you know, high inflation bonds, annuities, the market money market savings, you know, that are supposed to be safe? Well,
0: it is going to be different. It, let me say this: It will never get to that point. It will never get to that. But how point can you use the word
1: "never"? How, you know, who would ever think that we would be uh, in this situation with the pandemic and the crime and the the horrendous things that are happening? Who would ever have a clue? Well, so, so how well, can we th- how can we ever use the word "never"?
0: Well, let's let's focus on the money issue. Money issues are: you have money in the bank, and it's not making any money at all, basically. Right. You have money in in, in annuities, and those annuity payments are fixed, so they're going to be you're going to be hurting if you if inflation uh, stays around for a long time, because those uh, payments are not going to move up. Uh, to me. You basically have to invest in something, and uh, the very fact that is that the the worst case that we've ever had is in the uh, uh, depression in the '30s, and we still survived through that. So, to me, uh, I don't, I don't buy this doomsday. Well,
1: no, people lost Uh, their fortunes in in 1929. People committed suicide. Oh,
0: yeah. There were there, but there wasn't. There wasn't in the FDIC, and there wasn't any other uh, uh, government programs to basically protect the people. So yeah,
1: but FDIC me, has a hundred years to pay off.
0: Yeah, but believe me, I've taken a look at inflation. The inflation is temporary. It'll probably die down by the first quarter of. Next year, if not by the end of this year, this year. Uh And uh, uh, the the U.S. government is selling treasuries at a low interest rate. And that's because everybody, uh, foreigners included, want to buy U.S. treasuries. So that gives you an indication how strong the U.S. uh, economy is and the U.S. government is. So we're not a weak. We're not something that's hanging on there and ready to collapse. We're an extremely strong com- country, and uh, I don't think there's any any doubt that we'll make it through this. So, thank you very much for your question, Jim. <laughs> I, thank I you, vi-
1: thank you very much. I appreciate your help.
0: Okay, thank you, you so care. much. Have a good weekend. Now, all right. This is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh, stay tuned. I'll be right back. She struts
1: into the room Well, I don't know her But with a magnifying glance
0: I just sort of look her over Welcome back hey, to Get Rich Flow. On it, well, One thing we were talking about was basically the new uh, uh, the housing industry and we... And we mentioned what was going on in the uh, uh, existing homes, but in new home construction, new home construction has been running at a furious pace, and that's basically because of the demand. It's exceeded the pace before uh, the pandemic started and is now running into basically operational constraints. Uh, builders have a lack of skilled workers. They've got a lack of building lots. They got price increases in materials and a lengthening delivery schedule. So, in some cases, uh, some communities in Florida are restricting uh, new home sales unless the home can be completed in a reasonable time, let's say in six months to nine months. So, uh, in other cases, builders will not price their homes until they're pretty well completed because the price. The price of materials is going up so fast that they're not quite sure what their materials are going to cost. So the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development keeps track of new home construction in their monthly new home uh, residential construction report. And the latest report for June reveals that, uh, well, permits may be down in June compared to May of approximately 5%. The number of starts and completions in June continue to document the furious growth in new home construction. For example, if we just take a look and focus on new starts in home construction, if we take a look and say, okay, comparing the new starts in June to the previous month, uh, single-family homes are up 6.3 percent, multifamily homes are up 6.8 percent. If we talk about comparing uh, the starts in June of this year to last year, June of last year, uh, starts are up 28% for single-family homes, 30.6% for multifamily. If you take a look at year-to-date from January to now to June, what you'll see is that starts for single-family homes are up 30.5%, And for multifamily at 13.5 percent. So basically, what you're seeing there is that that uh, home construction is way above uh, where we were last year, and uh, and it is above uh, 2019. So uh, they're going at a furious pace, and they're running into operational problems. This is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. What a wonderful, wonderful world this could be. What a wonderful, 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 wonderful world. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. We make our schedule for the day. We try to cram everything into that day. We have things to do, deadlines to meet, projects to finish, but remember, what you want to do is find the time to be alive and to really live. It doesn't take a lot of time, but it is important. With our minds, we can emotionally blind ourselves to things we cannot see. In doing so, we hopelessly set a course. That'll deprive us of the peace and security that we really need. We often pass up things like, Oh, the beautiful rain the beautiful rainbow. Well, who cares? The spring uh, a spring shower is a wonderful thing, a sunset or even a smile will pass by without any notice. Yet in the name of prosperity and growth, we're gonna work hard and neglect all else. We do have the ability to experience the delicate side of the world, but often we don't allow ourselves to fully appreciate what it's worth. Have you ever whistled with a, with a songbird? Have you ever been touched by a breeze or smelled the seasons in the air? Or did you just consider them daily problems and you didn't really care? Have you ever had a fall in Are you gently at your feet, carried by the wind, just for you to meet? Did you say, good morning, friend, or did you kick it to the side, all the time thinking that you're late for work? When you woke up this morning, did you say, thank God for this day, or man, do I feel dead? So while we're rushing about today, it's up to us to find these things we are traveling down life's roads, because these are God's gifts that cross our path and make life worthwhile. So until we meet again next week, the more of Get Rich Slow. May God protect you and keep you safe. And if I could only win
1: your
2: You have been listening to Get Rich Slow with host Jim McAleese. For an outline and registration form regarding the Money School series, call 440-647-2793 for a complete list of books written by Tama McAleese, call 440-647-2793. Or to make an appointment with Jim regarding your own personal financial issues, call 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more Common Sense Finance Strategies for Financial Winners. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Inc., a member of FINRA and CIPIC. Cornerstone's Consultant Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group Inc.